0: Welcome to the City of Refuge Church Podcast. We are so excited that you have joined us. We are a church that is called, connected, and commissioned. We want to call all people to repent and believe in our Savior's loving grace. We want to connect our neighborhood to the unity found in the greater family of Christ. We want to commission others to live as kingdom citizens before the world and heaven. And we hope that this podcast gives you a glimpse of what God is doing in us and in the Eau Claire community. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, that's a pain I don't want to think about right now, that whole hammer throw business. But uh, that's okay. It shows me that I'm humble. I got a long way to go. Let's just say that and leave it there. It is so good to be here with you all this morning. Uh, as your pastor shared, here's a dear brother, a help and a, and a guide for me. And I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to share with y'all this morning. Um, see y'all, see I'm, the Detroit of me has been replaced by where I am now in South Carolina. So I'm officially Southern. So it is good to be with y'all this morning. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. See, the new has become. I was seven years old when I heard that for the first time. And when I heard it, it sparked a hunger in my heart because I had seen people who used to live one way, and all of a sudden they were living another way. They talked one way, but all of a sudden they were talking a different way. And I couldn't understand what was behind the change. But when the man of God preached on that message, it made sense. What had happened is they had a relationship with Jesus, and that relationship changed them completely. And that day I went forward and asked the Lord Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And the first verse I memorized was that verse. And as I, this fall, actually this spring, prayed and let the folks know that I wanted to lead this church plant, I was praying about the vision, praying about the name. What is it going to be? And God took me back to that seven-year-old lesson that I learned and that's why the church is going to be labeled New Creation Baptist Church. Because the hope and the vision and the passion is to see lives in the Woodfield Park neighborhood transformed through Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So we're there. Uh, actually, the first person to preach for me was your pastor. I didn't even preach the first sermon. He did. Um, <laughs> But since then, I've been preaching and trying to reach the community, trying to build relationships and build bridges. Um, The Lord gave us an incredible opportunity. A lady who lives in the neighborhood has a not-for-profit food ministry. Uh, We partnered with her four weeks ago. Uh, We were able to help 45 families. We have four volunteers. Last Tuesday, 25 volunteers fed over 260 families. It's growing, and as it's growing, it's giving us opportunity to make connections, to build relationships, and to begin to share the gospel of Christ. So pray for us as we start this work. We are excited. Uh, We had an open house yesterday, and I told my wife this morning, the Lord's strength will get me through, because we're a little tired. It was a busy but great day, but I'm excited to share God's word with you this morning. Uh, as Pastor shared, I've been married to my wife for 35 years. And it's been incredible. As she has got to know me, I've gotten to know her. What a beautiful time it has been. But if you count the time that we were dating and engaged, I've known her 37 years. But 38 years ago, I didn't know her. We had no connection. We were both at Liberty. We crossed paths. We even had similar classes together, but there was no connection. There was no relationship. I had no idea how she was wired, what kind of woman of God she was. I didn't know anything because there was no relationship between us until there was. A relationship, the, the, the dictionary definition of relationship, the way in which two things are connected You can't have a relationship with someone if there's not a connection. Now, I know in, when you go to a different church, there's some things you know for sure. And there's one thing I know for sure. There's people in this room who are going through challenges. You've got pressures. You've got trials. You've got difficulties. And you may be wondering, how am I going to make it? How can I keep moving? Where is my foundation? My friends, I hold up the Lord God, and I want to encourage you to get a relationship with him where you are connected to him. Because if you are connected to God, it is a game changer. It is a life changer because you go through life not just with your abilities, your talents. You are connected to him, and you get to see him for the amazing, holy, righteous, present, and dear God who is available to you. We need a relationship with God. And this passage talks about the most important relationship in all of life, the relationship with God. Number One most thing, the, number, the first point, the most important relationship we have is God. And we see that in verse 1. And the number one point in understanding that is understanding who God is. When you understand who God is, when you understand who he is, not just way up there, God, but a present available God. My goodness, it changes everything. The verse starts with God is. Why does that matter? Well, you need to remember he lives. He exists and he is available to you. What does Hebrew 116 say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe what? He is. You have to understand, God is not just a concept. He's not just a Sunday God. He is an everlasting, alpha and omega, beginning and end, alive and present, living God. God is. I love what David says in Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. The living God is the one who works with me, shepherds me, and guides me through life. The Lord is. And in Psalm 27, 1, David says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We need to know, you need to understand, God is He's not a concept. He is a living God who is available to you. God is. But not only God is, God is our refuge. City of Refuge Church. God is not just a refuge. He is your refuge. God is our refuge. He is a shelter. Man, we need a shelter sometimes in life, don't we? The storms whirl and they go all around us. In God, you have a shelter. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 27. Now, my wife told me to pause and let you get there. See, I'll, I'll, I'm learning. See, I'm still learning. Because I tend to just go bulldozing through. But Deuteronomy 33:27 27 is a precious verse. Moses writes, the God of old is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. The God who created the world, the God who spoke the world into existence, the God who holds it all in his hands, the God of old is your dwelling place when life is difficult, when the storms are raging, my friends, God is your refuge. Also, Psalm 71, verse 3, turn now up to Psalm, back to the Psalms, but this time Psalm 71 in verse 3. Another beautiful Psalm of David, Psalm 71 in verse 3. David writes, be a rock of refuge for me. Where I can always go. Do you know God is available always? Not just when life is going your way, but when life is hard. Not when you've got it all figured out, but when you don't. God is always available. He's there whenever, you can go to him always. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and refuge. God is a place to go for comfort, for protection, for health. He is always available. God is our refuge. Praise the Lord that he is available to us. But not only does God exist, not only is he our refuge, God is our strength. Now, you know, we like to think that we could just go and go and go and overcome everything. We like to think that we have the ability and the smarts and the challenges to be able to do anything that comes on our path. No, we don't. We have limited strength. We get tired. Hey, I don't know if y'all know this, but living the Christian life, it's hard. It's hard work denying yourself and following and living the way God wants you to live. Is it not? It is difficult uh, i 'm a pastor, and you know sometimes you don 't want to be pastoral. <laughs> Being honest, there are sometimes you just don't want to be, but to be what God wants us to be requires supernatural strength. and when you get tired that 's okay because in God you have inexhaustible resources of strength available to you. Turn to Isaiah. I sure hope y'all are, you know, ready to (laughs) do a little. Now, because your pastor's been bragged on you that you're Bible folks, so we're going to do a little going around. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 29. Isaiah 40, verse 29 and 31. Isaiah writes this. He, God, gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Now, youths may grow faint and weary, and young men stumble and fail. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. The strength when you are out of strength flows from your connection to the God who possesses all strength. And when you are connected to the God who has all strength, he knows when you need an effusion of his power. And you know when you're connected, that's exactly what he provides. He provides his strength for you to accomplish what he calls you to. I know City of Refuge Church is going to make it. Not because of the quality of your pastor. And he is a quality man. And his right hand and all, I know he's going to make it because I know who he's connected to. And because his brother is connected to God, I know through that connection God's going to give him what he needs to lead, to grow, to build, and have a church that's going to accomplish everything that God's called him to. because Because of his connection to God, strength will flow from God to him and out of him. My friends, when life is difficult, when you're going through the struggles, understand, you need a relationship with God. And in him, you will find strength beyond measure to make it in your life. God is, he is our refuge, he is our strength. And if the next part just said God was a help in trouble, that'd be enough just to know that when I'm in trouble, I know God is with me. If that was all it said, that would be enough. But oh, it says something so much more. God is our refuge and strength. And get this, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. When you're in trouble, when you're in, caught in the difficulties of life, when the storms of life are raging all around you, not only is God a mighty and holy God, he is. Not only is he a righteous, merciful, powerful God, he is. But y'all, God is a helper who is always, not sometimes, always Found. No matter how bad it gets, if you have a relationship with him, you will have a helper who is always present, always available, always there for you. So when you're up against it and you have a relationship with God, you have a helper who comes alongside. He is always there. Isn't that awesome? To know that the eternal God, the holy God, the righteous God is a helper who is always available. And you also know the key of that first verse? Again, he's not just some distant person. He is your God. Mm -hmm. He is available to you in your situation, in your context. God exists. God is your refuge. God is your strength, and he is a helper who's always available to you. Isn't that awesome to know that that is our God? Now, if you understand all this, if you truly believe that God exists, if you truly believe that he is your refuge, your strength, and an always-present helper in trouble, it makes a difference. How do we know that? Verse 2. It has that word, therefore. Now, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to stop and figure out what the word therefore is. Therefore, that's good theology. Therefore points up to the first verse. Because I have salted this away, because this is settled in my heart, because I am connected to God and have a relationship, therefore, I will not be afraid because I know he's really alive because I serve a risen savior who's in the world today because I, that's not just a song, it's a fact because I know that I will not be afraid. Now we have to understand, he is not saying you'll never be afraid in this verse, but you're not going to be driven by fear. Yeah. You're not going to be overrun by fear. Anybody tells you you'll never be afraid in your life, man, they are lying to you. The most fearful thing I've ever done is this New Creation Baptist Church. Because it makes no sense. I'm 58 years old. You shouldn't be starting a church plan. At 58, it's a young man's sport, Right? I am in a regional megachurch as discipleship pastor. Why would you leave that to start a church plant? There's a lot of fear involved in what I'm doing. And fear creeps up, but because I know God is, Because I know He is my refuge. Because I know He is my strength. Because I know He is always available to me. Because I know He has called me. When fear creeps up, I push it down because of my relationship with Him. I will not be run by fear. You may be going through it and you may not know how life is going to work out. You may be dreading Monday. My friends, that's to be understood. But there's hope. Don't let fear run you. Understand God exists. Now what does the psalmist have to come against when he says this? Therefore we will not be afraid though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil. That sounds like stuff to be afraid of. I was, uh, my wife went on a mission trip to um, Uganda and I was waiting in the airport for her and it was during that time we were having all the earthquakes I'm sitting in Columbia Metropolitan Airport sitting and waiting and it starts to shake I'm like, are you kidding me I mean it was literally shaky the people looking around what in the world's going on that's scary but it's nothing compared to what the psalmist is talking about here When your life is in turmoil, when everything's going around, see, here's the thing, y'all. Christians experience difficulties. They experience trials. They experience difficulties. But if you have a relationship with God, it's a game changer. It settles your heart. Jesus understood this in John 16 in verse 33. Jesus is there with the disciples. He's trying to give them encouragement because he knows soon he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be crucified. He is going to be away from the earth and the disciples are going to be on their own. So he's trying to encourage them. How does Jesus encourage them for this trial that's coming? He says this, I've told you these things. I've given you my word. I've given you my truth. I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. See, when life is stormy and difficult, you need that relationship with God. Be connected to his word because it's in his word you'll find the strength to have peace through life. Peace, my definition of peace is this. Peace is a settled spirit that comes from knowing God has you in His grip. You can be in a mess, but if you know God has you as you go through the mess, you can have peace. So peace comes being connected to God and being connected to God and knowing his word, you can have peace. Now he continues in that verse. He says this, in this world, you might have tribulation. I'm trying to see if y'all are awake. I'm trying to see if the coffee's working. No, he doesn't say might. In this world, you will have tribulation. Why do Christians get surprised that difficulties come to us? Why do we get surprised that trials and temptations and difficulties come our way? Jesus understood it because he said it. In this world, you will have tribulation. But he doesn't leave us there. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Well, pastor, it says Jesus overcame the world. But if you're connected to Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, the one who is victorious over all, guess where he dwells? With you. And if he's dwelling in you and with you, you will overcome. The source of victory is not your cunning and your smarts. It's not the amount of money you have or don't have in your bank account. It's your connection to God. And when you are connected, you will not be run by fear because you are connected to him. I love Romans 8, verses 31 through 19. Um, If you'll want to turn there, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And uh, I want to read some of this. It's just amazing. Paul writes this. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If you have a relationship with God and he is your savior, he is your God and you are connected to him, if he is for you, who can be against you? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who could bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for Jesus intercedes for you. You want to talk about intercessory prayer. Jesus intercedes for us. Oh, I love verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of God? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. That's a tough situation to be in, isn't it? But look at Paul's confidence. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through our cunning and ability, through the quality of our building. No, we are, we are that ability. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And knowing that he loves me, I am convinced, I am persuaded, neither death nor life nor angels or rulers or things present or things to come nor powers nor height nor death or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, this is your God. Nothing can defeat him. Nothing can keep his will from being done. Nothing can thwart him. That God loves you. That God died for your sins. That God rose again and made available to you salvation. That God gave you his spirit. That God lives with you. He's always available with you. And he will never change. He will always love you. And if you have a relationship with him, it is an eternal, life-giving, game-changer. God is. Now, here's the peace of relationship with God, verse 7, of Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 7. The Lord of armies is with us. The Lord who commands the heavenly hosts. All the angels, that Lord is with you. Let that sink in. The God who controls everything, He is with you. I like to make the Bible personal. Yes, He's with us, but where you are today, make this scripture personable. The Lord of armies is with you. That's good news. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now, Jacob, that's an interesting character in Scripture. He is a man of faith, but J- Jacob was not perfect. I mean, Jacob had issues. He, he had some things he did, like his brother and the scheming. and I mean, Jacob and how he raised his kids. I mean, you can go on and on about Jacob's deficiencies. But Jacob is also the one who wrestled with God. Jacob was connected to God, and in his imperfection, overriding that was his trust in God. See, people will tell you, you can't make it because you're not good enough. You're not strong enough Christian, or you may have that self-doubt in yourself. The God of Jacob, who took an imperfect man and gave 12 people, including Joseph, came from Jacob The God of Jacob is your refuge. God knows you're not perfect. He knows you. But friends, he's still your God. And he will always be there with you and for you. So why does all this matter? What's all this thing about relationship with God? How does that apply to us? This past March, a friend of mine who works at the station at uh, the station. I was thinking about my radio days. The the person who's worked with me at the church came to me and said, "Hey, I got this guy. He's new to Columbia. Uh, he's been here for about a year with starting a new job. He's done something really stupid. He's lost his job, and I'm afraid he's going to do something to hurt himself. Can you reach out to him?" It was a Thursday, and you know. I meant well, but I got busy and kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But I remember I got strong conviction Sunday afternoon, and I started texting this guy. His name's Ken, and just reaching out to him, checking on him. Well, it turns out we decided we're going to have a lunch the following Tuesday. So we meet, and he's telling me his story, and what a story it was. Ken is one of the most important audio engineers in the country. Uh, he's mixed for some of the greatest acts in, 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 our, in the music world. But Ken had a problem. Six failed marriages. Estranged from all his children. He's so alone and, and lonely and bitter and thinking about all his mistakes. Ken would tend to self-medicate through alcohol and drugs. And he failed the drug, drug test at his job here, which got him fired because he was getting overwhelmed by the mess he had made of his life. And he's just being real honest with me. It was an amazing thing. And he said, Ed, I just don't know what to do. I have, I have nobody. And there in that restaurant, I took a little napkin, and I started telling Ken, the truth. I told him, Ken, here's the truth. God has a plan for all of our lives. He has a plan for all of us to know him, to be connected to him, to follow and obey him. But there's this thing called sin that makes us stray from what God wants to do our own thing. And when we stray from God, when we sin, it leaves us broken. And in that brokenness, man, we run for everything to fill the void. Alcohol, Drugs, power. And when I got to that point in the diagram, he reached out and said, that's me. I'm broken. I'm broken. I said, Ken, I got good news. That's not the end of the story. Because in your brokenness, Jesus did something incredible. He left the glory of heaven to come to this world to live, to share the good news, to suffer and pay the penalty for your sins, Ken. He suffered. He died. He rose again. He offers to you, Ken, an eternal relationship with him. And if you will just turn to him, believe in him, make him your Lord and Savior, he will come in to you. And in that restaurant, Ken Bird prayed, to receive Jesus as his Savior. Ken was no longer alone because now he had a connection with God. Not only that I kind of made him out. It wasn't one of my better moments but I said listen here's what you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to meet me at Shannon for a midweek meal and go to Bible study. Okay, okay, okay. So he comes and he comes in, and I introduce him to some people. Hey, here's a guy who's been a Christian for 24, years, 24 hours. Man, they loved on him, and they hugged him, and they rejoiced. And the Bible said he's just glowing. He's like, this is incredible. I get him involved in a men's D group. And he's like, I'm so far behind. I said, it doesn't matter, brother. You just come. And they loved on him, and they poured into him. And now this man who was by himself has a relationship with God and community. Now, he was worried because there's a reality. Rent's coming due, and he didn't have a job. All of his child support payments are coming due, and he has no job. And he called me just in the panic. I said, Ken, we're not going to do this. We're going to pray. And we're going to trust God to help. And we prayed, and I helped a little bit. I called his D group leader. I said, listen, here's what Ken's up against. Pray for him. Those guys and some others got together. He needed $1,800. They collected $3,000 cash. And I got the privilege of giving him an envelope. I said, Ken, God's got you. Here's how we know. And in tears, he's counting all this money. And it doesn't make sense. I said, Ken, yes it does. Because now you have a relationship with God. And you have a relationship with the body of Christ. You're not in this alone. You are loved. Here is testament to that love. That's Thursday before Easter. We're talking. He had an off-campus job that he had to do. We're talking about it. He was so excited. He's over in Charleston working a gig. And we're talking about, man, it's going to be exciting. Your first Easter. As a believer, it's going to be incredible. We rejoiced. Saturday morning, Ken Bird had a heart attack. Saturday before Easter, and went home to be with the Lord. He spent his first Easter with the living God. He didn't have to worship with us. He got to worship directly. And the bottom line is, that man had two weeks He had two weeks, but the God of armies, the the God who is way up there, reached down to this world and orchestrated a man's life to be transformed from having nothing to having everything from having no friends, from having the body of Christ, from being lonely to having an eternal relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. I will never forget Ken Bird. It will be an everlasting relationship and reminder to me of why Psalms 46 matters, because that's the God you serve. He loves you. He's for you. He is with you. He is. He is your refuge. He is your strength. He is a helper who's always available in trouble. Do you have a relationship with that God? Do you have a connection with that God? If you do, friends, recommit yourself of staying connected to him in word, in worship, and in fellowship. You need him because it's in him you can face life's troubles with confidence and peace. One of my favorite verses of all is Isaiah 26.3. I love Isaiah 4, twenty-six three. It says this, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusts in thee. Do you want peace in the storms of life? Do you want peace when life is hard and it's a struggle? Do you want peace, that settled spirit that comes from knowing God has you in his grip? You need a relationship with him, a connection with him because if your mind is fixed on him, if you are connected to him and your trust is in him you will have perfect peace. Where are you friend? Are you, are you concerned? Are you overcome with what's going on in the world in your life? Are you dreading Monday and what waits? Put that aside. Turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face. The things of this world go strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. God is. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I don't know why you chose this passage in this Words for this moment in time, but I know this is for somebody. Somebody in this congregation needs to be reminded that you exist, that you love, you're with, you're for, you pray for. You are available always through life. Somebody needs to hear that today. And I pray that that person will be encouraged. You're not just a God who's way up there. You are a present God. You are near God. You're an available God who is right where they are, and all they have to do is call. And if they reach out to you and call to you, they will find that you are very present, always available to help in trouble and be blessed through it. I I love the song we're about to sing. When I came in, Lord, and the ladies were practicing, my heart got so full. Because this song is such a fitting end to our time. And I pray that we won't just sing these words, but that these words would be an amen in our hearts to the power and glory of you, our living God. Oh, Father, be glorified. And if there's someone in this room who doesn't know you, please let them reach out to Brother Jay. Will. Reach out to me and say, I want to know, about th- I want to know more about this relationship with Christ. I-, I want to know what that means and how I can have that relationship. So for those who don't know you, Father, bring them to you. And for Christians who are here discouraged and despondent, may they leave here transformed by the reminder that the God of armies is with them. Oh, Father, be glorified now as we begin to close our time in Jesus' name.